Hallelujah. Well, God is good. I guess this is Palm Sunday, right? Well, it's a, a time of celebration because it's the beginning of the week of probably one of the most important weeks in, in human history. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. As Trudy brought out, this is, uh, you know, when we're talking about Resurrection Sunday, um, you know, it was the defeat of our enemy. Amen. But this being Palm Sunday, it's the, you know, the beginning of the week, and a lot happens through the course of this week, uh, back, uh, you know, at the time of uh, Jesus. And, uh, of course, we're all uh, recipients of that which He's done. Am I right? Is anybody grateful for what Jesus has done? Amen. Give the Lord a praise if you mean it. Come on now. Come on, work with me here. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. Praise God. I'm no longer hell-bound. I'm heaven-bound because I received uh, the Lord Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Come on, somebody. And I've also a purpose to receive everything else He has for me, whether we're talking about the promises of God or uh, just uh, you know things at work on the inside, internally, or family. Or we can go on and on and on of all the things that the Spirit of God has done on our behalf. Amen. And uh, I'm grateful for that. All four of you, I'm grateful for that. Amen. Hallelujah. So it is a time of rejoicing, praise God. Hallelujah. Now today I'm going to talk about an individual that basically got a breakthrough, got, a, got a, in a sense a miracle. Him and his people got a, a breakthrough or a miracle from their enemy based on some praise and some worship, praise God. Hallelujah. Now how many of those are always something to give God praise about? I said, how do you know there's always something to give God praise about? Amen. We're going to talk about a man named Jehoshaphat today. Now, I've, of course, over the last several weeks been talking about some of our patriarchs of faith, and we've been talking about and bringing out, praise God, uh, you know, using their life and the things that they've been through, amen, as, a, as the Word says, as examples to us. They've been recorded for us as examples and uh, as ad, uh, admonition or, or teaching or instruction, praise God, for us to learn from. And so every week we've kind of been, you know, taking somebody, whether it's Abraham or David or somebody, we've done that. And today we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat and the people of Jerusalem, actually of Judah uh, there. And so I want to do that. So 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20, please. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I hope you got ears to hear. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to go to chapter 20, 2 Chronicles 20, and we'll start with verse 1. Now, there have been some of these weeks, man, I've been a lot of reading. Today, it ain't near as much reading. Praise the Lord. Amen. But it starts off in verse 1. It says, it happened. Everybody say, it happened. It happened. It happened. Uh-oh, it happened. Say it again. It happened. Well, what happened? Well, we got a bunch of people showing up to get, you know, stir some trouble. All right? It happened. But it says, after this. Everybody say, after this. Well, every time you read, you know, the after this or something like that or because of this or therefore or whatever, you have to kind of stop and see what it's all there for because the after this is referring to what happened in chapter 19. Are you with me? And uh, so what happened in chapter 19, we have Jehoshaphat really was, is trying to be the leader that God would, 
would be okay with. You know, um, he'd, you know, he'd been around some other leaders that weren't so okay, like guys like Ahab. Hello. I'll leave that one alone. But anyway, the bottom line is, is he made, you know, he, he kind of uh, made a decision that it's time to get our hearts right before God and serve God, stand up for God, do what's right before God. And so he did that. And so the word says that, that he, his heart was prepared right to, to move forward in God, to do the right thing. And later on then began to stir within Jerusalem and throughout all the uh, outer regions, all through Judea. Uh, or Judah, I mean, uh, trying to get, uh, you know, people to begin to serve God again. Let's do the right thing. Let's, let's honor God. Let's walk in the fear of God. Amen. Let's begin to, again, lift God high. Amen. And let's honor Him in all that we do. And let's worship God. Let's, let's offer up sacrifices unto God. Let's do the things necessary, praise God, to get the favor of God, the blessing of God. Let's do the right thing in God. Anybody in agreement with that? So, after this, it happened. Is anybody hearing me? <laughs> he said, what are you getting at? You know, every time you make a decision you're going to serve God, do you think the devil's just going to say, ah, oh, shucky darn. God. They want, to, they want to move forward in God. They want to stand up for what's right. They want to do the God thing. The enemy don't just lay down. The enemy's going to say, okay, let's try to stir up some trouble. Let's see if we can knock them off this. Let's see if we can get them to back up instead of move forward. Because up to this time, the enemy had kind of had his way in some things. So now all of a sudden, this leader thinks, heck, we're changing. We're going to do the right thing. All right, we're going to serve God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, all of a sudden, it happens then. It says the people of Moab. And the people of Ammon and others uh, with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. We don't even know what the problem was other than the fact that he made a decision to serve God, to move forward in God, to stand up for God, to stand up for what's right. And all of a sudden, here comes trouble, Bubba. Right? That's all we have. That's all we know. Now, well, for whatever it's worth, the Moabs and the Ammon, these are descendants of Lot which is a whole nother sermon. But anyway, you find that in uh, Genesis, I believe it's like 19. Amen. So anyway, they're, they're coming up uh, you know, against, against Jehoshaphat. All right, verse 2, let's look at that and let's see what begins to happen. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you and beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, uh, Tamar, which is in Gedi. Uh, then Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Now that word feared there, um, it's kind of a, a different word. A lot of the other words uh, feared in, in, in this text are a different Hebrew word. Uh, this particular one talks about maybe being, uh, being nervous or being, uh, being kind of taken back a little bit, but it also means to revere or to be in a place of reverence, okay? But it's referring to the fact that he's recognized that this is no lightweight thing. This is a serious situation going on here. All right? Hallelujah. This is uh, something severe or intense, okay? 
So he's understanding the severity of this thing, okay? So that's what he's referring to, that word there. So Jehoshaphat feared and then set himself to seek the Lord. You know that's the only way it's going to work? I mean, you got to seek God first, right? But see, it didn't just say seek God. It says, and he set himself. In fact, the word himself, some of your cross-reference might even say, uh, set his face toward God, okay? So he turned toward God himself. Everybody say himself. himself. If you want to know how to, you know, if you got pressure coming on, when you made a decision to stand for God, and all of a sudden here comes the pressure, you don't, you don't just get mad at God. Here we are on that again. Don't get mad at God because all of a sudden there's pressure. The word says don't be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. The word says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's going to try to do. That don't mean he has to. He comes as a roaring lion. Doesn't mean he is one. He might make a bunch of noise. He might somehow try to intimidate. But you got to set yourself, amen, set your face toward God and begin to seek God. Get an answer from God. Get clarity from God. Get direction from God. Because I guarantee you that no matter what the enemy's trying, you can rise above it. Amen. You'll submit yourself to him. Amen. Resist the devil. And the word says he will flee. The word even means he will flee in stark terror. We just got to get people to set themselves to seek the Lord. You have an ear to hear today? Amen. Well, I appreciate a man named Jehoshaphat. I appreciate his stand for God. And I appreciate he didn't just cower when he heard some bad news. I say he didn't cower just because he heard some bad news. This is the time where it means something. This is the time where you turn your face toward God and say, Lord, I need clarity. I need direction. I need an answer. Show me what I need to do. Order my steps here today. Show me what to pray, what to say, what to do, what verse to stand on. Tell me, Lord God, what is it that I need to bind and what is it I need to loose? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. So he set himself uh, to seek God, amen, and to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. Okay, so in other words, we're going to get everybody involved here. Which means that he's just following, you know, following suit what he did chapter 19. He's just saying, all right, we're talking about serving God. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. The pressure's on. Let's come together as one and let's stand our ground, amen, and not give the enemy place. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. So he proclaimed a fast through all uh, Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, which is a praise God. Amen. Everybody hooked up with their leader and followed suit. Amen. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand, is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you. In other words, nobody can stand against the Lord. And what he's doing here is he's beginning to proclaim who God is. In fact, uh, 
I don't think I gave them back there the reference, but Isaiah 43 and 26 says, put me in remembrance, amen, he's talking about put me in remembrance of my covenant, my word, amen, that we may contend together, state your case, amen, that you may be justified. And the point is this, is God is looking for you to put him in remembrance of his word, to put you in remembrance of his covenant, to put him, or pardon me, he put him in remembrance of his covenant, to put him in remembrance of who he is. Is it because God forgot who he was? No, he wants to know if you know. Well, all of a sudden, he's beginning to say, you are the God who's above it all. Hallelujah. Nobody can, can stand against you. Nothing's impossible with you. Hallelujah. We're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we, that we could ask or think in you. Hallelujah. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Hallelujah. You are great God. You're our healer, our deliverer, our provider. What are you doing? Well, you're, you're acknowledging who God is. That's what he's doing right here. Amen. He goes on and says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of, of this land before your people Israel and gave it, uh, gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Everybody say covenant talk. That's what reason he mentioned it. It's all about the covenant. Your friend forever. I'm of that, of that lineage. Your friend forever, Abraham. I'm reminding you of your covenant. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your, uh, in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. Everybody say presence. Hallelujah. For your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. And you will hear and save. And you will hear and save. And now, he's, now he's shifting gears. Here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade uh, when they came out of the land of Egypt. Uh, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. In other words, they could have annihilated them, but they, God didn't let them do it. Here are they, or here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of, here we go, of your possession, talking to God, which you have given us to inherit. That's never changed. That has never changed. The enemy still does that. He still tries to drive you out of your inheritance. Drive you out of what God has given you. Take from you somehow through deception, through theft, through, through stealing, killing, destroying, through oppression, depression, taking of life, on and on. We can go on all kinds of ways that the enemy tries to slither in there and talk you out of your inheritance. Is anybody hearing me? Well, somebody look at your neighbor and say, he cannot hear. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. He's talking about the, the, the fact that they're way outnumbered, okay, is what he's talking about. That is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. In other words, that's why we're seeking you. But our eyes, our eyes are upon you. In other words, you're our source. We're looking to you for answers here. Okay, we know what we're up against. We've now acknowledged who you are and who our enemy is, and we know what we're up against. 
Now we need to hear from heaven. We need a word. We need to know what to do. What do you want me to do today? What is it, Lord, you would have me do today? Because my flesh would like to do something else. Is anybody hearing me? Sometimes that's the problem. See, we, 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 you know, we're, our, our head's giving us fit. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Does anybody know why? Because your own understanding will give you fits. Your mind sometimes, man, wants to race around and, and, you know, panic and run around like your head's been cut off, running in circles, not knowing what way's up, which way's down. Well, it's, it pays then to hear from heaven. Amen. And you got to stay cool while you're doing it, not freak out all the time. Look at your neighbor and say, would you stay cool? Now Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. It just means stood firm or fixed before the Lord. They all did. Everybody got involved in it. I love this. Then, everybody say then. Oh, hallelujah. Then the Spirit of the Lord came, came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of uh, Jael, the son of Mataniah, and, uh, the Levite or a Levite of the sons of Asaph, okay, in the midst of the assembly. Wow, a lot of, lot of words there. In other words, the prophet. <laughs> okay. The prophet now has a word, okay? And he said, listen, I love this, listen all you of Judah. Okay, so all the, okay, we're talking about the whole region here. All of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, those that are even local, and you king, you king Jehoshaphat. In other words, I'm talking to you king, I'm talking to your community here, and I'm talking to the region. There's people from all of, everybody's there right there, okay? All right, so he's, he's addressing them. He says this. Are you with me now? Yeah. All right, because this is something we can glean right here. And he said, listen, all you of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, right? Come on, because of this great multitude. In other words, talking about the, all the, the armies against him right now. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now somebody say, praise the Lord. Now, God doesn't always say that in every situation. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they actually have to go to battle. But this particular time, he said, the battle's not yours, but it's God's. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Tomorrow, go down against them. Okay? And it says they will uh, surely come up by uh, uh, the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Okay? So the bottom line is there's some things it says here. How many know that every time... When you're seeking God, okay, you're going to go hear from God. There are certain things that God's going to do, and there are certain things you need to do. If this is going to work, you got to do your part too. Okay, now obviously it started with seeking God, right? But now a word came, and there, there's some instruction here, okay? If you back up, another, back up another verse, if you could do that, please, verse 15 there, okay? So what's the first instruction that he gives us? Okay, listen. Amen. Okay, so that's good. Praise the Lord. So everybody here now, everybody's listening, taking heed to it. Literally means to, to hear with intent to do. All right. Then what's the next instruction? Don't be afraid or, or dismay. We can kind of put those together if you want. 
Amen. Just talking about you can't yield to fear. Okay? And it says because of this great multitude. In other words, you can't, you can't let them see you sweat. It's time to rise up, not let fear in. Don't let you, yourself get dismayed and don't be afraid. Now, none of this has ever changed. Anytime we're facing the enemy, these are things that are necessary. This is what you can, can, you can glean from the time of Jehoshaphat, which you can glean from this patriarch of faith here, which you can glean from him and his people at this time, all right? And if you really want to know the truth, most of the problems they had prior to this and even after this is because they weren't willing to do these kind of things. They wouldn't listen, all right? They wouldn't uh, give, uh, you know, uh, a stand against fear. And do you know you're not called to walk into fear, in fear? I've heard people try to say, well, you know, it's healthy to have a little bit of fear. No, it isn't. Fear, the word says that, that fear is torment. So it's okay to let a little torment in? No, it ain't. The word says he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power loving of a sound mind. Amen. The, the, the word is so clear that fear is not supposed to be a part of your life. And the enemy, that's what the enemy uses is fear. He comes in in fear, somehow to intimidate, somehow get you to, to yield to some form of fear, insecurity, terror. We can go on and on and on that the enemy has tried to slither in and somehow get you to yield to fear. Everybody say, no fear here. No fear here. No room for it. All right. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed uh, of this great multitude for what? Now, what's God's part? says the battle is, is not yours, but it's God. So God, God says here, my part is, I'm going to do this battle for you. Okay? Now, what if, what if you decided you weren't going to listen? Now, I'm just saying because, you know, listen, a lot of the times when, when the children of Israel especially, we can watch their life. Have you ever just kind of read the, about the children of Israel through all through the old you know, covenant, we go through Genesis, and we can go kind of on and on and on of all the different. I mean, it's, it's half depressing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. One day they're serving God, the next day they don't even know who they are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because it comes down, they won't listen, or they yield to fear, and then they begin to do things in their own might or their own ability, or they somehow run, tuck tail and run, whatever it is. But it says, do not be afraid. Or dismayed, right? Nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. So what if you would have just yielded to fear and said, you know what? We have a reason to be fearful. You know, we're justified in our fear. Now, I know it's none of you. you none of you would do this. I know that about you, man. Bunch of fake people. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But you know there are people out there that yield to fear, and all they do is just open the devil or open the door for the enemy to come in. Okay, so there's things that you have to do. Listen, you can't, be, you can't yield to fear. Okay, God's part is the battle's uh, not yours but his, so it's his battle, not yours. So we could even say here there is something to do here because you've got to trust that. Yeah, we could fit that in there, right? Right? I mean, that fits. You, you're going to have to trust that God knows what he's talking about. Am I right? Let's go to the next verse now. What else you got to do here? Say, so you mean there's more? 
What's the next? What's the next? What to say here? Tomorrow, go down against them. So even though the battle is the Lord, now please hear this. The battle's the Lord, so that means I can sit at home, sit on the couch, sip Perrier, and eat bonbons while God does His work. Nothing wrong with Perrier and eating bonbons. If you have any, I wouldn't mind one. But anyway, the point is this. It's, the point is this, okay, you, you, still, you still have to go down against them. But you're going to have to trust the fact that it's his battle, not yours. But you still have to go face your enemy. Yeah. That has never changed. We have more Christians that will not face their enemy due to whatever. Some of them don't even believe the devil exists. You got an enemy that's come. You know, a lot of times we, we look at things in the old covenant, and you think, man, it's amazing how God gets blamed for this and blamed for that and all kinds of stuff. Then Jesus came along and says, God's not your problem. God has never been your problem. There's a devil. He comes to steal kill, destroy. He comes to bring oppression, sickness, disease. Come on. He makes it clear we have an enemy, all right? He makes it very clear, okay? God's not against you. God is good, the devil bad. Good doctrine right there. God good, devil bad. Try it once. God good, devil bad. Not complicated. Well, let's call fire down on this city. You don't even know what spirit you're of. Well, what about Sodom and Gomorrah? You don't know what spirit you're of. Now we need to have to reevaluate our doctrine. Come on, somebody. Anybody hearing me? Well, sickness and disease. Well, he said the word says that he came to heal all those who were oppressed of sickness and disease, and he was anointed of God to do so. So do you think sickness and disease was of, of God? I don't. Okay, how about another one? He said, somebody says, show us the Father. He goes, they're looking at him like, what? Have you not seen me? You want to see the Father? Take a good look right here. What you see me do is your father. Jesus Christ came, amen, to set the captives free, amen, to, do, to, do, uh, to take the devil out. First John brings out, amen. The word says this, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still doing it. He's always doing it. He keeps doing it. And the word says, and God said of himself, I change not. So did all of a sudden when the new covenant came around, did God change? Well, it's two different covenants. Does that mean God changed? No, it doesn't mean God changed. It's two different covenants. And you stand under a new covenant, a better covenant established on better promises because of what Jesus did. Because the new covenant is a covenant between the Father and the Son. Anybody hearing me? And everybody that hooks up with the Son gets to be a part of that covenant. 
Now, so the, the, the leader of our, amen, we could say the representative maybe of our covenant is telling us, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Has the Father gone around? I mean, listen, did Jesus go around killing people? Did Jesus go around putting sickness on people? He'd go up to somebody, hey, you know what? You need cancer. Ha! Now, I know I'm saying a lot here, but the bottom line is this. The enemy has not changed. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what happens is sometimes we have a tendency to blame God for everything that goes on when all along there's an enemy. We need to call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. About the only thing that you see, uh, you know, Jesus, he got on hypocrisy. He got on lying. Come on, religion, obviously. Went and cleansed the temple. He did that on Palm Sunday. Hello? Turned over tables because of this whole thing, what they were doing. That's about as, about as vicious as you get with Jesus. Did he bring harm to any other human? No. He says, listen, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, sometimes you've got to recognize that it's never changed, all right? So he says this, you have an enemy, all right? Now, you cannot, you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to not give in to fear, and you definitely don't want him to know you're in fear. I'm talking about the enemy. With me? All right? And you're going to have to go face your enemy. You're going to have to resist. Pastor, I don't want to. I don't want to antagonize the devil. You're not antagonizing the devil. The reason the devil comes in and steals and kills because nobody stands against him. You can't come in my house. You can't steal from my household. You can't take of my family. You can't bring sickness and disease in here. Heck, you can't even steal my corn. So I'm gonna. Hear from heaven, amen. I'm going to begin to resist my enemy, amen. Hallelujah. As God leads and do what I have to do to save my corn. For those that are watching, praise God, it was, never mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. The point is this, okay, this has never changed. Tomorrow, go down against them, okay. All right, so let's go to verse 17 now. Are we all clear on this? You will not need to fight in this battle. In other words, what that means is you won't have to take up arms. Does anybody hear me? That's what it means. You will not have to take up arms in this battle, but yet position yourself. And it's talking about being, you know, being, uh, being settled in who you are, what you're going to do here. Stand still. In other words, don't back up, don't quit, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, he says it again, tomorrow go out against them. But I thought the battle was the Lord's. Now, the reason I got on this is because so many times I find people say, well, the battle's the Lord, and then you do nothing. And you just still, you wonder, well, then you get mad at God because the devil keeps stealing. I just don't understand. I thought he said the battle's his. How come God didn't didn't take it out? How come God didn't change it? How come God didn't fix it? Did you resist? 
Whoa, the battle's the Lord. He said, stand still. That means do nothing. No, it doesn't. That means stand secure in who you are. But he said, you have to go face your enemy. And he says, you're going to have the confidence in that for the Lord is with you. Is anybody with me today? Listen, I'm done with the enemy stealing. I'm done with what he's doing to people and their lives and their families, their marriages, their kids. I'm done with it. Anybody else with me? See, we're going to have to just, everything we're hearing here is the same thing. that Jesus talked, same thing we see through the new covenant. Amen. You're going to have to stand your ground. But God said, the word says, submit to God, which means go and listen, get your cues, get your instruction, and then resist the enemy and he will flee. That's a promise that when you resist the enemy, he will flee. If he's not fleeing, okay, so are we clear? Somebody say clear as mud. Whatever. All right. What happened now? Somebody says, it ain't over with. No. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head uh, with his face to the ground, and all Judah and and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. literally means to do reverence. The Hebrew word is shakah, okay, which means to do reverence. In other words, that's what they're they're bowing before God, because they're believing what God had to say. Okay, are you with me? All right, verse 19, then the Levites of the children of, of Korites and the children of the Korites, I don't know, I think there's, anyway, whatever, stood up to praise the Lord. In other words, different groups, different, different groups of people in here, in this group here. Praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. In other words, man, this group here, they're pretty much a, a good celebrating group there. That's what it's saying, okay? In other words, this group, even though they all were worshiping God, this group over here got excited about it, started praising God, got a little loud with it. It's okay to get loud once in a while. I said it's okay to get loud once in a while. I said it's okay to get loud once in a while. I said it's okay to get loud once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying you got to, you know, always be loud, but sometimes it's okay to be loud. They're excited about it. Amen. In fact, the Hebrew word for that is Halal, okay, is the word. It means to celebrate, to boast, to literally means overboard and to excess. So there might be a few people standing around going, gee, when you have to get so loud, ah. Well, sometimes it's okay to get loud. Amen. Well, anyway, they got loud. Amen. Hallelujah. So they rose early in the morning and went out. Everybody say Hallelujah. In other words, they're being obedient. They're going to do what God said to do. They went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, okay, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood. Now listen, this, listen, Jehoshaphat said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. Okay, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established, strengthened. Literally means reinforced, okay? Believe his prophets, is what, what, that's the, they're going on the word of the prophet here. All right, so believe in the prophets and you shall prosper, succeed, or be profitable. In other words, it's going to produce for you. And when he had consulted with the people, listen, he 
He, who's he? Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, amen, appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. Probably grab that, uh, that uh, Korites group. Uh, anyway, whatever. Okay. So who's going to praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Somebody said, what's he doing? Well, Jehoshaphat said, well, listen, if we're going to believe God, if we're going to trust God, and God said the battle's his, and yet we still have to face our enemy, then we don't need to put all the warriors out front because he said we're not even going to have to lift our sword. So what we'll do here, because we actually believe what God said here, we're going to praise God out loud. That's what Jehoshaphat said. So he said, all right, I'm going to appoint a bunch of a bunch of you praisers. How many praisers I got in the house? He said, I'm going to grab you praisers, and I'm going to put you out in front of our army, and you're going to begin to move toward the enemy, and what you're going to do is start praising God. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. They just began to see it. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, the word mercy, hased, is, is the Hebrew word, which means covenant kindness. So this word here is referring to the fact that they know because of the covenant they're in that their God has their back. And so that's why they're acknowledging it. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now, I'm sure... They probably had a few instruments going. I don't know. Tambourines. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they all, in the background, you know, got some kind of, you know, rhythm going with their hands. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they were doing a little shuffle as they were. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is they were getting into it. Right? I said they were getting into it. Say, I don't understand why I'm going to praise God. If the battle's here, then why don't, why don't he just take care of it? I just don't understand. How come I got to do this? Oh, my God. I got, how come I got to be so loud? I don't want to be loud. I just want to be a, a whiner. I just want to be a moper. I just want to be a boo-hooer. I just, I just don't want to. Why are you making me do this? Well, let me ask you this then. Do you actually believe God? Maybe he's lying about all this. Is there anybody in here going to heaven? Well, that was good. Anybody in here going to heaven? Why are you going to heaven? Oh, you're going to believe that, huh? <laughs> I've seen how you live. Yeah. But you're going to believe that. Right. Why are you going to believe that? 
Because he said so. He says, if I'd receive him as Lord, amen, I'm no longer hell bound, I'm heaven bound. Huh! And rightfully so, you should believe that. Well, when he tells you to stand up and resist your enemy, that, you know, he will flee, amen, then you should go, huh, right on, man, I'm with you. Kind of dating myself there, that right on thing, right? That's kind of like 70s or something. Back there a ways, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. So what happened then? They're praising, they're singing. It says, now, now, verse 22, when they began, began, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began See, this is the problem. Some people just don't ever begin. See, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes or ambushments, okay, against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Say, praise the Lord. They were defeated. All right, they were defeated. How do you defeat the enemy? Well, this is a good way to do it right here. All right? Now, when they began to sing and praise. So they obviously went out there. They obviously made a decision to face their enemy. And they started heading toward their enemy, praising God. And the word says, when they began to do this, all of a sudden things shifted on the other side of the hill. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Nebuchadnezzar. They turned on each other, and they utterly killed and destroyed them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. <laughs> they helped to destroy one another. What is going on? It doesn't matter. They're fleeing in stark terror. They're the ones now under terror. They're the ones now don't know what to do. They're the ones now that don't know up from down. They don't know what right from left. They're the ones that don't have a clue who's on their side and who ain't. All they're doing is they're just swinging their sword at each other. Why? Well, because the guys on the other side of the hill are going, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. And all of a sudden, they just start turning on each other. And they're probably even doing, why am I doing this? I don't know. <laughs> we can just get people to start doing that. You know, start praising God. I had more to read there, but let's, let's do this real quick. Go to Psalms 8. Are you with me or not? We're winding her down here. Look at your name and say, praise the Lord. Amen. Psalms 8, okay. Verse 1 and 2, it says this. O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Okay, because of your enemies that you may silence, amen, literally means to, to, uh, to steal your enemy or silence the enemy, and the avenger, which means the quarreler. Okay, the enemy is talking about a foe, the uh, avenger is referring to a quarreler. Okay, now the bottom line is this, okay, every time you begin to praise, okay, in fact, 
put the reference up there of uh, Matthew 21, if you got that. I don't know if I gave that to you or not. But it just says this. Uh, Jesus talking, using this same reference. In fact, this is on Palm Sunday, by the way. He said this, you know, have you heard that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. That's how Jesus worded it. Okay, perfected praise. Okay, so the bottom line is this, this perfected praise, okay, the psalm says uh, ordained strength, okay, perfected praise, ordained strength. Because of it, because of what you're doing, because of this praise, it begins to silence the enemy or stills the enemy. It paralyzes. When you start doing it, it paralyzes the enemy. It literally starts making him turn on himself. He doesn't know up from down, in from out. Pretty soon he's just doing stupid stuff himself. But I guarantee you he will run in stark terror. All right. What else you got for me, Pastor? Well, let's try Acts 16. Let's try this. Let's just kind of throw this out here. Verse 25 and 26. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. In other words, it's loud enough everybody's hearing it. They weren't just singing something under their breath. Praise the Lord. Let us worship Him forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us worship Him forever. What was that, Paul? Did you say something? Is that you, Silas? Nothing, nothing, nothing. No, no, I'm not trying to make any waves here. I'm going to be quiet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to wake you. Praise the Lord! For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. Silas, oh, cool. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. And they had chains, so they could really get it going. Right? Chick, 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 chick. Oh, man, that was, that was bad. Anyway, so they began to praise God. Oh, loud enough, everybody's hearing it. Verse 26, let's wrap her up. Suddenly, oh my, what's happening? There was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. There's something to be said about a people of God who will begin to praise even in the face of whatever it is they're facing. Listen, we're not making light of anything you have to face. We're not making light of your pressure. We're not making light of whatever the enemy's trying to pull on you. We're not making light of any of this. Don't you walk out and say, that preacher man just don't understand me. He just don't love me. He's a me. No, your pastor just wants you to win. Somewhere along the line, you just have to say, I don't feel good, but praise the Lord. For in mercy endured forever. Somebody say, man, that sounds horrible. I don't care. Praise the Lord. Somebody says, 
This is just ridiculous. Yeah, and you walk out still defeated, broke, busted in, disgusted, depressed, oppressed. You want to know how to break it? You want to know how to get on top? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. I will praise you anyhow. Well, Trudy, you got it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, stand up, everybody. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. You're our healer, our deliverer, our provider. Hallelujah. You're our all in all. We magnify you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Now, remember, back in the story with Jehoshaphat, you're going to have to, amen, do your part. God will do his part, but you got to do your part. Amen. Don't just sit and do nothing and expect everything just to, you know, happen for you. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to face your enemy and get in his face. And if you don't know what else to do, if you don't have a leading, a a verse or a a thing to declare, then start praising God. Because I guarantee you that in itself will make him wet his pants. It does. It changes you. Thank you. I mean, I listen, we've all, we've all had things to deal with. We've all had pressures. We've all had things that didn't go right. We all had things that happened. People that, you know, whatever, did whatever. The enemy did whatever. And you're sitting there going, well, what did I do to deserve this? Probably nothing. But you just stand here, you know, sulking, going, what did I do to deserve this? Ain't changing nothing. You got to get in its face and say, shut up, devil. Praise the Lord. I will praise God anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somewhere along the line. Listen, are you going to heaven? Now, don't think I'm just hard of hearing. But I want to know the truth. Do you think you're going to heaven? So you obviously believe that. The same Bible. Same Bible. It talked about what we talked about today is the same Bible that says when you receive Christ, you're heaven bound. And you can bank on it. Same Bible. So that means if he said submit to him and resist your enemy, he will flee and start terror. Then I go to God, give me a leading. If I don't know what to do, I know this. I can at least praise God. I begin to worship God. Hallelujah. Until God gives me a leading and I will praise God anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku.
For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.